For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Destination Sport Miami is here to revolutionize the sports landscape in South Florida. The largest indoor multifaceted sports complex in North America is on the way. With distinguished leaders of its various sports programs and unparalleled access to the finest indoor training fields and facilities, Destination Sport Miami will set South Florida apart as the destination of choice for elite athletic training and development and for its dedication to youth programs and sports on all levels. A phenomenal concept and a powerful undertaking, Destination Sport Miami will also be an important commodity in the sports business community as well. Destination Sport Miami, its time has come. Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defo and Luby, and very happy to have you with us here all across the Believe Podcast Networks, and hope you guys are ready for some excitement tonight as the NFL begins yet another week of action. We're talking about week number nine, and it begins with something that we are very close to because we originate from South Florida. By the way, uh, Luby, how are you? I'm Jeff DeForest, and of course, this is one Mike Luby Lubitz. And we've been partners for a long time. Luby, how are you, my friend? I was great until you talked about the exciting start of the NFL weekend. Uh, I got excited for a second until I realized our Miami Dolphins are on display. <laughs> the entire country will be victimized by some form of brain freeze tonight. As uh, they foist upon you uh, what uh, should be some horrible dreck coming from the uh, local team here. Yes. Unless miraculously somehow, and, and this does happen from time to time on occasion, although I'm not necessarily anticipating this happening tonight. Somehow the team that was playing like garbage all year on a featured game, like a Thursday night game, finds a way to muster up an effort and miraculously finds a way to be competitive uh, against the team, the Baltimore Ravens, who a lot of people feel uh, with this John Harbaugh. I mean, he's had massive success. They got Lamar Jackson, a guy the Miami Dolphins could have easily had in the draft there. He sat there, went all the way down to the bottom. with the 32nd pick? I mean, please. Uh, and this guy turned out to be great. Everything that uh, Tua Tagovailoa would uh, dream about being uh, is in uh, the lap of Lamar Jackson. Although I don't know that anybody would be that exceptional of a runner in terms of uh, productivity and yards gained on the ground. But uh, shouldn't be much of a match. We've been talking about it here because uh, we do a, a live streaming show every day. If you believe podcast people, if you want to catch, <laughs> this is a foreign concept. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I got hit with a foreign object. I, I don't know what he had in his trunks. <laughs> uh, you want to catch more of us? Uh, Ion Channel. We, we do a daily show every day on a thing called Ion Channel. It's ionchannel.com. And you can catch Luby and I there. And then this literally is after hours, like uh, after we're done. Yep. Uh, we get into a whole other thing here. We've been featuring a lot of guests uh, on the program, but uh, we are streaming uh, audio and video on the ION channel. And, and streaming is interesting because it goes on all day. It doesn't matter. You don't have to get up 7 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, it, it's kind of like the juice that is being charged by the IRS. It just never stops, no matter what you do. But but I paid this. It never stops. 
Back in the day, maybe you owed uh, your bookie a few bucks, uh, and he would send somebody over with some muscle that would say, uh, hey, uh, you've been dodging the boss's phone calls. He's not happy about that. We don't want to cast any aspersions here on our Rebel <laughs> podcast because uh, we're digging doing after hours with you guys, but good to have you with us. But uh, we've been talking about this on our uh, video stream, our audio stream on Ion Channel, which is our other venture here that we uh, went into after in, in our history, if you're not familiar, uh, Luby and I. Uh, well, I, I had been doing radio uh, in uh, South Florida and uh, other places as well, but uh, mostly South Florida for like 40 years. And, uh, well, I guess it was 30 at 30, the time, yep, and, yep. and uh, they threw us together yes. in some cockamamie <laughs> uh, relationship uh, where they actually said to me, uh, uh, your, your producer's going to be uh, Luby. They didn't even call you a producer. I, I mean, uh, there, there's no more uh, demeaning terminology uh, in a business than to characterize somebody who is actually a full-blown producer as a board op. Yep. It's almost like said with uh, that kind of disdain, yep, like yep. Tommy Lasorda talking about Kurt Bavakwa. Bavakwa. <laughs> He's your board op. As if uh, you were, I mean, just the cockroach of the industry. But uh, no, we, we were thrown together, and uh, Luby ended up producing a lot of great stuff for us over the years, including now this uh, Believe podcast. So it, it's been uh, 11 years, yes. and uh, that, that's, that's quite a distinction. But uh, for that entire 11 years, we've been trying to figure out the magic question. Which is, uh, what the fuck is wrong with the Miami Dolphins? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to curse there, but I mean, I there's no other way to put it. What the fuck is wrong with the Miami Dolphins? That's all you can say. And I don't want to go Joe Pesci on this thing because I'm a believer that uh, you can get by without throwing a lot of curse words into a podcast. Almost anybody can uh, string together yes. you know, a series uh, of four letter expletives. But uh, if you can communicate without them, Impressive. I don't know. Is that part of the art form here? Uh, the lost language of symbolism or whatever it is uh, that we're searching for? Uh, anyway, uh, the symbols are, are very ugly uh, when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. And, and we've been comparing uh, their last game against the Houston Texans, comparing that to uh, the last 45 minutes of the movie Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> and people don't get it. People get, oh, no, what do you mean? But it's. I think it's. if you watch that game, it felt like it was never ending. And that's sort of how that movie was at the end. It was ugly. Hillary Swank in there with Clint Eastwood. I don't know if you guys remember the movie, but uh, I remember it for that distinction alone that uh, I got thrown out of the theater for screaming, Die already! <laughs> People oh, consider no. that in poor taste. Oh, no. I mean, I stood up in the theater there. <laughs> Die already! Oh, You're not God. supposed to shout fire in a no. theater, right? Is that freedom of speech? Uh, that's a whole other issue. That's another thing. That uh, we can go into, but uh, we, we don't want to do that. It, just, uh, it was taking this woman forever to check out. It, it was just absolutely ridiculous. And that's how I watch a, a nine turnover game. I mean, uh, you talk about uh, a ridiculously ugly NFL game. And, uh, you know, this while they're partnering up with various bookmaking operations in the National Football League around the world, you don't think uh, that, uh, you know, would arouse some suspicions that, oh, you think this thing is really on a level here? <laughs> they're doing everything in their power to hand this game to the Houston Texans, a team that absolutely <laughs> smells from the bottom up. <laughs> <laughs> Only Bill O'Brien, man. What the hell were you thinking, man? Trades away the best receiver in the league uh, for some schmink running back that had like a shelf life left of about six games. Yes, yes, he did. That was it. And tries to justify, well, you know, we really needed to bolster a running game. You don't win by passing the ball anymore in this league. <laughs> hey, way to go, O'Brien. <laughs> there you go. He's an offensive coordinator now with some uh, high brown Bama, he's team, Alabama's you know? offensive coordinator. Oh, my God. Nick Saban brought that guy in after uh, yes. the moves. I mean, he, he traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins, man. Yes. Unbelievable. For what? David For a bag Johnson. of donuts. Yeah. I mean, uh, that was absolutely crazy. Now, he happens to be a real good guy. I, I've seen, uh, you know, he was on HBO Hard Knocks. O'Brien 
and he's a likable guy, and he's very noble. Uh, he has uh, a uh, a child who has disabilities, and, and very serious, and, and the work that he does there, very noble. So uh, I don't want to trash the guy too badly, but uh, what the hell was he thinking on that particular day? The Dolphins, anyway, and uh, we had a case down here where uh, the governor at the uh, time of uh, Florida, Jeb Bush, uh, with a stack of Bibles uh, that he was kind of standing on, uh, said that uh, it was improper, improper and uh, should not be done where... Uh, a woman who was in a coma for like 12 years. Yes. I don't know if you guys remember there, you know, around the country. It was, it was national a very news. popular uh, it was a big story game. here at Terry Schiavo. Yeah, but he wouldn't let the family begging him. I mean, they're literally, they're on their knees begging, Jeb, please pull the plug. And everybody had uh, empathy and sympathy for the family. And uh, let's face it, this woman was not coming back to life. It, it wasn't happening. There was and no if brain she activity. Did, under what condition? I mean, you're in a coma for 12 years. There was no brain activity. Well, they said that about me when I was uh, working at uh, WQAM here. And, uh, hey, the guy sounds like he's in a coma. Jeez. <laughs> but he wouldn't pull the plug. And, and it was as torturous as that watching that uh, last game. So tonight, the country gets to be treated <laughs> to the Miami Jeez. Dolphins and all the perplexing, perplexing uh, question marks that they have uh, about uh, this team that uh, tanked. Two and a half years ago, and uh, for some reason, after looking like they were showing signs of life, miraculously so, because you couldn't really distinguish what it was that they were doing. What were they infusing this team with great young talent? I don't know that they were. Were they uh, just very clever in a free agent market, bringing in the right mix of veterans? All the things that you would think would be ideal for a front office. I went up in smoke this year as uh, now fingers are being pointed directly in the face of the general manager of the Dolphins. You'll see some shots of No, he doesn't even go to the games, does he? Does he watch the games from a cab? Because he's figuring any minute now uh, the owner of the team, Stephen Ross, is just going to put that contract <laughs> right in a shredder in front of Marino and Nat Moore and all of the great Dolphins uh, of yesteryear that are in there in the booth advising Stephen Ross, do something, Steve, do something. And Ross is eating like a, a piece of gefilte fish in there and, uh, you know, saying, um, I'm just listening to the people uh, that I trust. These are great football minds. So here we are. We sit there at two and seven, the Miami Dolphins. Yes. And uh, they're taking on the Ravens tonight who are hungry yes. to establish once again that they are a big factor in the AFC. John Harbaugh, excellent coach, you would have to say. A tremendous record there with the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, we'll see if Lamar Jackson lights it up tonight against the Miami Dolphins. Do the Dolphins have the same tackling issues that the University of Miami Hurricanes will be in a big ball game uh, this week? That was something else that we talked about a lot on our uh, ION Channel program because uh, it's a local story here, but uh, it seems to have diminished the meaning, the emotional fiber that was attached to this ball game uh, of a bitter rivalry on the college football scene. Uh, I'm not feeling it, Luby. I know you're an FSU guy, and uh, we talked uh, with our uh, – Good friend Gene Deckeroff, the play-by-play voice of both the Seminole program, uh, has been for like, well, how long has he been there? Like 40 years? It's like 30-something years. Gene Deckeroff? Yeah, 80s. Amazing man. Or 70s. Yeah. And then 70s. He, also, he doubles and does the Tampa Bay Buccaneers games, which uh, was kind of, uh, you know, okay, hey, hey, Gino, you want a few thousand to do the Bucks games? No, they never win. <laughs> they were horrible, right? Yes, for years. For the most part. I mean, they had a one good year with Gruden when they won it all there with, uh, what, a former Seminole, Brad Johnson, a quarterback. Yes, look at you. Wasn't exactly, uh, you know, a Johnny Unitas there. No. But uh, they did win a championship there with Gruden, and then it's been, you know, scant little success since then. Uh, they raised uh, Gallup here and there. They had Warren Sapp on the team. That was always good for some headlines. Sapp engaged in another uh, dirty <laughs> slime ball play at the line of script. Um, no, it was a lot of different stuff. But now they have Tom Brady. And uh, we did ask Gino how many times has he mentioned that Tom Brady's 44 years old this year. 
But uh, he does uh, both of those games, and he uh, reinvigorated our enthusiasm a little bit for the series here. Although uh, both of those teams, uh, like 20 years ago, Luby, is that what we're talking about? Yep. Yeah. Early the series 2000s. got going and really gained national momentum and popularity. It was a spotlight game uh, when it was on the schedule. The schedule would come out uh, immediately. You'd search for, hey, when's UM Florida State? I- even if you were in another part of the country, because it was an all out, knock down, drag out Southern brawl. Yes. Was it not? Yes. It was Dusty Rhodes on championship wrestling from Florida getting into the ring against the Funk Brothers at the Miami Beach Convention Center circa 1982. And, uh, you know, the entire town was curious about the outcome and uh, involved in the buildup to it, too. And it would happen uh, as a matter of routine that you could go on a radio show here in South Florida and uh, literally flip open the microphone, Luby. You would have loved this, right? And I know. Uh, maybe you had like eight phone lines that people uh, had available to them. All eight lines would be lit up for the entire time you were on the air from Monday through Friday talking about the University of Miami versus Florida State. It didn't matter what else was going on in town. The Heat could have won uh, the uh, you know NBA championship. Well, it wouldn't coincide with that time of the year. No. But uh, you get the pick. Yeah, on a hot streak, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the people, that's all they cared about was uh, UM and FSU. And uh, it's not the case anymore. The cream cheese shortage is getting more yeah. attention here in town. Can't find any cream cheese. That's Just uh, absolutely nuts. All right, so so what do you think, Luby? I mean, uh, you you can't be overwhelmingly happy about no, no. Florida State season so far. Uh, and uh, what was going around there? I mean, uh, the the Asian flu. Yeah, they had a really weird flu outbreak. I don't want to say kids. Asian flu anymore because uh, that would be like a COVID reference, right? Depending on if you it, were forty five or not. It was just the flu. They, were, they had the, yeah. the team had a flu outbreak. Okay, so how did that happen? And uh, it devastated their entire chance uh, in, in their last ball game. Yes. And they've now lost a couple in a row. They had won three in a row yes. and gave Notre Dame everything that they could handle. Well, so and they gave Clemson, I mean, I mean, we get it, Clemson's a little down this year, but they went to Clemson, who still has one of the best defenses in the country, and had a lead with five minutes left and the ball and just fell short. And then the gambler special at the end of the game when they had the cover FSU – did some ridiculous oh play. That was that the was, thing I didn't get to talk to you about. A stupid-ass yeah. play. And it found its way into the end zone for Clemson, and Clemson actually got the cover. But, look, FSU has improved. They're better in the run game than they've been in a long time since Dalvin Cook. Um, their defense is improved, and they've been up and down, but they're not getting shellacked, which is big for them. The problem is the Canes have sort of figured it out a little bit. Like Tyler Van Dyke, who was supposed to come in, be young, and struggle – the last couple of games has been a monster, and all of his time in there, he's th- chucking it down the field, something that the Canes weren't doing this year, something that FSU struggles with. So I, I think because they're at home, I, I feel like FSU will get the win. But again, I admit that's massive homer bias, and I'm ignoring the fact that the Canes have sort of figured it out late in games. I say they get crushed like a grape <laughs> in the Florida State, and this one is going to be uh, reminiscent of uh, some of the bludgeonings they've <laughs> suffered at the hands of the Hurricanes. In the past, including a couple of years ago, uh, I, I don't know. They just don't uh, look to be as good. Oh, and uh, yet, uh, that's what makes a rivalry, right? Uh, yes. You could have one team that's, uh, you know, just riding a wave of a, a crest of success there, the crest of a wave of success. And, uh, you know, you can have another team that's been downtrodden all season when they have a rivalry, right? Uh, all of a sudden, uh, all of the uh, stats, this is cliche, huh? Yeah, Am so I really going to dive into like this? Like hey, you can throw the stats throw out the, the window, out. John. This one's going to be a barn burner. All right, so uh, we're hoping for uh, some entertainment. Uh, there, I got crushed uh, on the uh, Breeders' Cup. That Japanese horse did me in, uh, Luby. Ah. And uh, I, I think made sushi of uh, virtually everybody's. Uh, they call them horizontal wagers where you're betting pick threes, pick fours, pick fives, and ultimately pick sixes. And that's where the money is. The pick six for $1, if you had it, would be paid $513,000. 
on the Breeders' Cup Jeez. races. Oh, my God. Which uh, means, I mean, uh, I don't know how much money was in the pool, but let's say it was $2 million. That means like three, four guys actually hit the pick six, which, uh, you know, walked away with a half a million that day. Imagine walking out of a racetrack half a million dollars. What oh would you think? God. Now, that might have been me? Russian syndicate money because ah. that's what it would have taken to put this uh, Japanese horse uh, into your uh, equations there and, and have him paying $108. The horse's name was Marsh Lorraine. So that uh, went up in smoke. Uh, there were a couple of in interesting things, though. A big controversy, uh, Libby. I, I know this is probably beyond your comprehension of the degenerate nature of horse racing, but it just shows you how gamblers always routinely get screwed. And uh, in this case, uh, they scratched a horse uh, mistakenly after uh, a horse had uh, gotten caught up in the gate there. This horse had actually walked through the gate and was fine. They only had to put him back in the gate, and he was going to start the race. But they took him out of the betting pool, and uh, that screwed everybody. And, and I bring this up, uh, even if uh, you're not uh, indoctrinated into uh, the vernacular of horse racing, screwed everybody is something that everybody can understand. <laughs> and this is the amazing thing. I, I keep hearing from people that got hosed by this. Everybody that I talk to, oh, yeah, that really messed me up. I would have had the uh, pick four or five times and the pick five. And these are bets, the wagers that paid like 50 grand. Wow. And everybody's claiming they would have had it, but uh, it's very much like, and uh, we were discussing this earlier this morning, Louie, uh, how is it that you can find like 300,000 people that had the over in that game when Robin Ventura hit like a World Series yeah, exactly. Grand Slam? Exactly. <laughs> and because he only touched first base and never got to second before he was mobbed by fans and his teammates, uh, they only counted one run scoring, and, and that made the differential. That swung the game from uh, going over whatever the total was, like eight and a half runs to being an under. So the guys that had the over naturally thought they had won. The ball leaves the ballpark, right? Four runs are going to score. You need two. Yeah. Boom. I'm a winner, man. Hey, hey, Lo, pick up the phone <laughs> this time. <laughs> hey, your bookie, you want him to come straight to the graveyard with your capital. And how is it, though, that half the world, even Pete Rose, couldn't have had this over-under, right? I mean, you could have been the sickest of baseball betting degenerates and – how many people are really betting over under totals on Major League Baseball? Or am I just missing something here? Especially way back then before gambling was so easily accessible here. And uh, you didn't even know if your bookmaker was taking an over under total on a baseball game. Man, that seems but weird. everybody that you talked to had it, right? Just like uh, yeah. everybody had Secretariat in his first race. Did he win his first race? I want to say yes. <laughs> but uh, you, know, you know how that goes, right? Yes. Uh, everybody had the winner in this one. Of course. And, uh, you know, it, it seems uh, almost impossible that got, that could be the case. But everybody I've talked to in that horse race supposedly w was uh, on the one horse uh, who won the race. That was the sick thing, Luby. Wow. Horses left in the race to run for purse money only. So at least the, uh, well, I don't know that they needed the money. It was a Godolphin stable. Like the sheik needs the money. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and he had two horses in a race. One was already scratched. He had a hideous incident in the gate. Very scary. A uh, horse got trapped under the gate there, and you hate to see horses thrashing around. I mean, uh, as much as I love the sport of horse racing, uh, you know, uh, the PETA people uh, might have a point there, right? Yeah. That uh, this is an unnatural thing to do to an animal. I like to shove him into a small gate there with a guy on his back and another guy pulling at his, uh, you know, pulling at the reins and uh, holding him in there until the gate opens. They're scared to death to be in there, half of these horses. What am I talking about here? I don't know. You're on a whole thing. I'm just sitting here and listening, Mr. Horse Racing. <laughs> No, but you hate to see that. I mean, uh, I, I no. hate to see any injury in any sport, and especially, you know, equine athletes who haven't necessarily made the choice to be participants in this sport. As a horse, I mean, uh, even Mr. Ed never said, hey, you know what I'd like to do? Take me to Aqueduct today. I want to run in the second. 
So uh, the horse gets scratched, uh, the other horse, mistakenly, and they couldn't put him back in the betting pool. They didn't have the technology to do it. Oh, jeez. And uh, created quite a controversy. People are going to have to be very careful, man. The NFL better watch it, huh? Eh. Speaking of Pete Rose, is he now the uh, head of officials in the <laughs> National Football League? <laughs> what do you think, Louie? I mean, uh, I is the official... There will never be a time or a year that you remember that somebody didn't say this is the worst year in the history of NFL officiating. That's my problem. We always do that. Like every year, it's well, why aren't they full time officials? Why aren't they this? And I, that? I don't know. If full time would make a difference. I exactly. mean, uh, just uh, don't have some old geezer, uh, you know, uh, huffing and puffing <laughs> up and down the field there, trying to be the next Ed Hockey. <laughs> I mean, Ben Dreith, uh, if he was alive, would still be officiating NFL games on some kind of – I mean, you talk about the players' union in the NFL is absolutely the weakest of all sports players' unions. It's the only one that doesn't have guaranteed contracts. NHL has a tighter union, right? Yep. Half the guys, I mean, they're from other countries. They don't know what we're talking about. You think these guys from Finland? uh, Union, yeah, I join. But, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, just uh, absolutely insane to uh, see the uh, conditions that, that people are operating under. All right. Um, a lot of fun uh, being with you. Uh, what do you think, Luby? I am happy, and I do uh, want people to check us out because I've been told they love what we're doing here, but they'd love more of us. Well, we do a whole different kind of thing, a lot more like what you just heard now, every day, Monday through Friday. Check it live, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern. It does run all day long, ionchannel.com slash the dash defo dash show for video and for audio you can listen defo and luby l-u-b-i-e defo and luby.com slash live check us out there and always check us out here for exclusive content on the believe podcast network after hours i want to nominate scott boris for president too. <laughs> i love that he gives yeah, his state of the union every year it's like who cares yeah, this era of, of, of total <laughs> illusion right Capitol building? Oh, you saw some people there on the stairs? When? The sixth? I didn't notice any of that. I mean, Pence was in there, man. They were about to kill the guy, and he still didn't see anything exactly. happening. Oh, no, it was fine. And, uh, Donald had nothing to do with it. Okay. Uh, you know, but uh, that being said, I mean, Scott Boris, uh, he should run for president under that same yep. uh, kind of uh, premise uh, that uh, it doesn't matter what really happened. Uh, we're going to just go ahead and, and depict it as something else. Uh, gets up and tells people that Michael Conforto, who, who was a very good player and a very, I think, well-liked player in New York with the Mets, but he had a lousy year last year. Luby, the guy had 230 with 14 homers and like 50 RBIs. Yeah. Played in 125 games. So he was injured a quarter of the season. You kidding me? And uh, managed to hit a, a 230 with uh, out-impressive power numbers. Michael Conforto. He, he becomes a free agent. And... They're saying that, uh, you know, th- this guy, Boris, just gets up there and flat out says, hey, you could throw that out, man. This guy's great. Yeah, of course. <laughs> He's worthy of, like, a- any amount of money. It doesn't matter. I mean, we're going to start the bidding at $150 million for three years. <laughs> and it's just like, what are you what are you looking at, Scotsman? The bidding. <laughs> you don't have to be Bill James to figure out 230 <laughs> is only 30 points above the Mendoza line. And it's an ugly number. Unless you had, like, 57 home runs, Dave Kingman, along with exactly. that. Exactly. Oh, and he also struck out like 112 times or something in 377 at-bats. So he, he rarely makes contact the, the entire year. I mean, there's a hole in his bat. <laughs> He's up there with Balsawood uh, hitting the ball by comparison to anything he did in the past. And uh, I'm thinking if I'm any kind of you know, self-respecting general manager, I see this guy as uh, you know damaged goods. I, I need to see another season before I'm going to commit to giving this guy a zillion dollars. But Boris just looks at it. 
Mikey was uh, that uh, McEnany uh, girl that was uh, the press agent there for uh, Kaylee Donald McEnany, Trump? yes. Yeah, or uh, Huckabee Sanders, who Your would favorite. be a great PR person Best. in sports. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Because she would just say uh, something along the lines of, uh, nah, he, he did fine last year. He was great. <laughs> just move on. And by the way, uh, the newspaper business not, uh, not doing so good, huh? Hey, Stu, you think you're going to have a job next week? I don't know. They might be folding. It's always bad, right? Yes, yes, it is. When, uh, you know, the, the person up there, I, I mean, goes Belichick on the people. Uh, that was that was the M.O. But uh, Boris, I mean, has he has that in him, doesn't he? Should he not run for president? Scott Boris. Oh, he'd probably win. Yeah, for sure. He's great. He, when the numbers are what matters, he loves to throw it on the numbers. And then when the numbers suck, he's like, oh, don't worry about the numbers. Look at the kid. Look at him. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, there, there's another guy who plays for the Mariners. I don't think he's a Boris client, but he might be. Uh, Jared uh, Kalenic. Okay. I think is his name. Uh, and uh, the GM of the uh, Mariners was saying, oh, no, this guy's going to be great. Uh, last year he hit 181. Oh, jeez. Oh, he was the guy that struck out 106 times in 377 at-bats. Jared Kalenic hit 181 with 100 and 106 strikeouts from 377 plate appearances. Oh, my God. That, that, that includes walks, sacrifices, all of that. So, uh, I mean, rarely makes contact with the baseball. I, I didn't mean to uh, demean the integrity of Conforto's uh, ability to be a contact hitter, but uh, 230 ain't exactly shaking it no, up there. No. Scotty Boris. <laughs> Nothing against Conforto. I hope he gets all the money in the world. That would be great. All right, uh, we have to run. It's been great being with you. Luby, always uh, an entertaining time. Uh, you Thank can you, catch sir. us again, uh, as we said. Our Ion Channel show is up there uh, on YouTube for your consumption. Uh, audio and video, you can see how ugly we are. <laughs> There's a shortage of turkeys, but... Uh, here are two of them right here. <laughs> uh, closing out another fine edition of After Hours on the Believe Podcast Network. Buy or lease a Taos and take it to the house at Deal Volkswagen. Anna and her team make your next VW purchase or lease so easy with new inventory rolling in daily and the biggest selection of certified pre-owned vehicles in the business. You can make your deal online at dealvolkswagen.com or visit the beautiful showroom in the classic location, 3601 Bird Road, right in the heart of the Gables. Or give Anna and the team at Deal a call at 305-448-DEEL. Jettas, Passats, Tiguans, Atlas models, and the hottest vehicle in the industry, the new Taos, all at unbeatable prices and all ready to roll off the showroom floor at the number one Volkswagen dealership around, Deal Volkswagen. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.